But when I was looking, I remember tuning into one of your random lives that you do every day because you're just a genius that way, where you like walk out with your tripod, find a place on the beach or in a caravan park, you plop down your thing, you're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> in all your crazy. And I remember one day tuning yeah. in and you were doing a belief ethic session. This was way before I hired you as my private mentor. I kind of came into your world a year ago doing Dollar Diaries. You actually didn't say the words. I watched you do it and I, I intuited it. You had so many carts open. What would be your final thing that you want to leave us with? And I would just encourage you, like usually people say, oh, go and follow them. I would actually say, go and find a post of Suzanne that resonates with you deeply and show them that you've been there because it's kind of like when you see somebody singing a song and you clap it's just it's the same sort of thing it's, it gives you that energy of like okay this is landing with someone hey big dreamers Jonna Kingston here chief big dreams genie of the internet I'm about to bring on Suzanne Goldstein if you know who she is let her know that you are here saying hey hey if you plan to be here let us know that you did if you are on the after party hashtag after party and if you are here live, hashtag live, and set your intentions for this live stream. So I am bringing on my incredible client who is in my figure seven mastermind, Suzanne Goldstein. I met her through, we both work with, um, worked with Melanie and I'm in Unity this year and she did a year of private coaching or 15 months. And so that's how we met, being in that circle. But she is in the Figure 7 Mastermind now and we are having so much fun working through all the things with Suzanne. So, so we're going to have a really cool conversation and we've got a really cool topic to get started with and I'm going to bring her on. Yay! Let's go! Woo! Let's go! Oh my god, it's so exciting. <laughs> Hello! Oh, there you are! Oh my gosh, I love it. Hello! Hi, hi! How are you going? I need to put this up a little bit. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm doing to great. How it's been going? an epic day. <laughs> oh my God. What have you got? I was on today? a podcast this morning talking about conscious leadership. I had a really powerful thing channel through me yesterday. And so I just, I audio recorded it and then read it here on Instagram live earlier today. That was super epic. I then was interviewed by Diane Lynn for the potentiality series coming up, which is tomorrow. And then now you, and I'm just like, every day is so much fun. <laughs> That's best day ever, every single day. Oh my God, I love it. Okay, I would love you to riff on for us, million, choosing your million dollar person and million dollar move. So I'll hand it over to oh, you. Oh yeah, so for, if you do not that. know me, my name is Suzanne Goldstein. I am the founder and CEO of my company, Dare Human. We are all about waking people to fuck up and then activating you to become a force for good in your own life and a force for good in the world. And that's what it's all about. And I love that we're talking about million moves. And for me, the million moves are million person moves and the million dollar moves. It's a both. So I am all about the impact and the income at the same time. I'm all about the mission and the money at the same time. For me, life has been this beautiful dance of the feminine flow and the masculine structure. I've been coaching and consulting for 30 plus years and brought my business online just over a year and a half ago. And it's just been a ball and hard and fun and epic. And I'm so grateful to be one of your clients, Jonna. It's I, you are a me for me, and I've always looked for people who are me for me.
Oh, oh my gosh. I love that so much. Oh my God. It's been such a whirlwind as well. Like seeing you come online, it's been such a beautiful thing because you really just is like, I know what I'm doing with business and I can see how I can relate it online. And it's just like, whoosh, I am here. And I just, I always wonder like and wish and dream and hope that, you know, people could come in with that same level of like confidence that you have and you did. And it's just like, cause it doesn't need to take very long once you just like, okay, I see how this works. This is how I work and this is how I'm going to work it. And you just like came in. I was like, that's how it is done. So I've always had such a like respect and an honor, you know, me being online for like eight years, you doing your consultancy for the 30 and the coaching, you sort of really start to see the newcomers. You're like, oh yeah, this one's, this one's going to pop. Well, and also (laughs) I kind of came on in the most epic way you could. It's like, I, I don't know if you even know this story, but I researched coaches for six months before I chose Melanie, who is your mentor as well, which is how we met. And Melanie Ann Layer, for those of you who do not know her, she's amazing. And I came online and I was like, I am choosing her because she talks my language. She understands feminine energetics. She's not all about the masculine. And I needed to come into a world that had that perspective. And it's through that, it's like, I was fortunate enough to be able to come in and hire her as my private client right off the bat. I mean, private coach right off the bat. And so I was like, right into the whirlwind it was like non-stop so yeah i'm super excited and then of course i came to you <laughs> so you came in like a whirlwind just like found your mentor went for it like you like did pretty well so, like i was searching for a good seven years to find someone like melanie it was like oh my god she's a me for me she's got that perfect balance of like a feminine and masculine energy whereas i'm not fully the same thing i'm not fully in the feminine not fully in the masculine i feel like feminine energy to me is balanced like it's all is actually balanced like if i'm too far in my feminine it's not really a healthy feminine energy it's like too far that way or that way whichever way (laughs) some way and (laughs) it's like a beautiful balance so you made pretty much choosing your million dollar people what does that mean tell us like how you make those decisions i like you actually are one of those people you like message everybody in the mastermind like so what's it like working with Jana or what's it like working with Melanie you're one of those ones which I've never done before and then I realized how many of my clients actually do that and then like when you're actually a client how many people you have been messaging you which is super cool but tell me about your decisions of how you make your or like choose your million dollar person as like so I had was closing my container of a year and a half with Melanie and I felt like I got everything I wanted out of that container I couldn't have asked for a better year and a half And the funny thing is I had a sense that people were kind of wondering where I was going to go next because I had proven to everybody that I could afford a mentor and I was still building a business and I, you know, didn't have a lot of cash coming in at the beginning of it all. But when I was looking, I remember tuning into one of your random lives that you do every day because you're just a genius that way where you like walk out with your tripod, find a place on the beach or in a caravan park, you plop down your thing, you're like, all right, let's go. (laughs) in all your crazy. And I remember one day tuning (laughs) in and you were doing a belief ethic session. And this was way before I hired you as my private mentor. I kind of came into your world a year ago doing dollar diaries. You actually didn't say the words. I watched you do it. And I, I intuited it. You had so many carts open. Every time I saw you live, you're like, Oh yeah, you can dreams pose. You can join Believe Ethics or you can join Dial. You had all this stuff going on all the time. And I was like, my problem 
is that I, brand new online, was trying to marry how Melanie does it, right? She does a masterclass, she does a program. She does a masterclass, she does a program. That wasn't mm-hmm. going to work for me because I was brand new in this world and I needed more activity going on. And when I went to go choose my next mentor, I was like, I want someone who is going to be able to challenge me because I love how nitty gritty you get, right? One of my favorite things about our calls is like the Mm -hmm. nitty gritty we go into. Like sometimes I'm just like, all right, I know we need to talk about this thing. I'm here to open for you. And I like give it to you like an open little flower. And you're like, okay, gotcha. Let me grab the honey and let's go do something with it. And I feel, or not the honey, the pollen. And that's what I feel like we do together. No, that's good. I like it. Yeah, ooh, we do, don't we? Oh, that's so good. I love that. It's so juicy. We definitely do that. It's like getting into all the nitty gritty. Oh, I love it. So, what? So you watched that live stream, and then, like, then what sort of happened after that? Was it just like when you sort of like become aware of me? But then, like, so I became aware of you at Queens of the Internet, of, like, and I remember you factors. jumping around the beach before you did your live, and I was like, "Who is this crazy girl? She's so much fun." And then. I jumped into Dollar Diaries. I did that for four or five months. And then I was like, okay, I need to focus. I'm really good when I focus on a piece of learning. If I'm learning too many things at once, I end up not working on my own business. So like I jumped into that one thing and I I felt like I was the person in that group posting every single day. In fact, I just made you as an anniversary of one year from that present a little video of all of my Dollar Diaries pictures. It was crazy. Remember that? Oh my god! Yeah, I remember that. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> see, this is, I'm not surprised that it worked." You're like, "Oh, I manifested like I don't know what was it a ten k m." Like, not surprised. I told, like, I say I do coachings every every day. I'm coaching, and every week I'm doing sessions, and um, I do these programs, and I do them for like five days, and then they go and get distracted, and it's like, okay, well, they get good results, but then like. Imagine if they did it every freaking day, like like it's supposed to be done. And then you go and do it exactly to the T and then bring your own flair to it. I'm like, exactly. And it's just like, it's working. I'm like, well, and you saw me before I did, because I remember the first time I did that Beliefetic session with you, I wasn't a client yet. And I was making my daily number. And I think I said $2,500 day. And you're like, no, you're going for a $13,000 day. And I remember my... (laughs) I don't know how to do And then, of course, like, I had a 5K day the next day. So it was just, you know, epic. <laughs> Not even surprised. See? It's dream bigger vibes. Like, that's what I see everywhere. Like, especially if you are a woman of wealth and you have had those sorts of days before. It's like you're actually underfesting. You're so below what you can actually do that it's creating, like, a clog and you're just stuck. And then when you go up to like those bigger numbers, it actually gives you like a visceral reaction. Exactly. You're like, Ooh, okay. And that's where you can really feel, feel it and kind of like do some work around it. Cause you're like, okay, give me a second. What just came up for me? Like, why did I feel that? Because I have done that before. Why do I feel like I can't do it through my business? Or like, why am I feeling like I can't do it through this channel, but I can bring that in like mm-hmm. second in another channel what's going on there and so you can like kind of like dig deep beneath yeah, the, so good. Like, those so good. and then you asked me how I ended up with you I think I was always in your field kind of in your field I bought your $17 watch me about build my book kind of thing and I you know I just always felt like we had an alignment and when I started looking around for a new mentor I was watching a couple of people and I will tell you all what Jonna did 
that no one else did. And I think this is so epic of you and so original to you. And I love it because it's what I do is, and I don't mean to make that egoy. I just meant that I recognized it, is that no, I you it. saw me and you actually went and decided I would be a great client of yours. And you engaged with my stuff. You made me feel seen. You didn't make me feel like I needed to chase you for attention. I, you didn't make me feel like I needed to be anything except for exactly who I was. And you're like, I love what you're doing. Come be. And then one day you were selling figure seven. And honestly, I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and I was like, next thing I knew, it was you were live and I bought it while you were live. And I didn't even know at that time you had collapsed figure six and seven. All I knew was like, this is what I wanted to do. So there you go. In fact, remember I came in and I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a mastermind. Oh I thought God. I was just getting private coaching. <laughs> exactly. It was just like, it was such a like impulse, but there was so many, you'd stacked up so many decisions over so much time. So this is such testament to people like a, a $17 product and then up to the, like the highest thing. I always talk about this super high, super low because people like to like get a little bit of a feel. And a lot of us are just like, before we invest time, because money's not the, the situation, it's the time and the disbursement of my energy. So it's not specifically about the money. It's about like, I want to be sure that the person that I'm about to invest my time on and learn from is like, I'm going to enjoy it. So they mostly they actually do buy like some of the cheapest stuff to be like, is this, if this yeah. is good, then I'm, I'm all in. And it's like this teeny tiny $17 thing. And then yeah, I'm exactly. And that's that the hilarious thing is like, I went um, yeah. from three thirty three a month, I think is what it was at the time, to $17 to figure seven. Yeah. So it was just like, ding, ding, ding. I went exactly where I yeah. wanted to go. And you created the space that I could. And I love that. Oh, I love that. And feeling seen. And I think I said that the other day on my live vibes, it was one of my biggest thing at the end, like at the end of the day, if people feel seen and it's not an accident, like I go live for free with heaps of substance, but the main thing is so I can see you because I remember what it was like to be in these comments, like all the people like Darcy and Emma and everybody here to be in the comments and being like, Oh my God, I love this so much. Thank you so much. It's like, I'm drinking juice. I feel like when I go to a live stream, I'm like, Oh, I'm getting this big sip of like juice. And I feel so excited for the rest of the day. It's like coffee. It's like energetic coffee. And I'm just like drinking it up and I'd be in the comments and frothing and fangirling and oh my God. And then as soon as they like see you, you're like, oh, like this, like this energy just goes through your whole body. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I fangirl. And then, so I want to give that same experience because I know how much juice they're drinking and to be able to give them that like energetic hit as well, because it's like, I see you, I was you, I am you, we are each other, you know? it's really special to say how much that makes a difference for people not just seeing you as a number and truly, truly, truly seeing every single person that is here. We see you, we feel you, we're feeling you. And we're also trying to make an incredible experience for you to like, so we're like seeing all the awesomeness, but yeah. then also having this engaging conversation at the same time. But yeah, really seeing you, I think it's really important. And the deciding factors, there's so many deciding factors that go on to people that choose you and make sure that you're like open yeah. to them all. So I love it. So good. Okay. Let's talk about million. So we talked about million dollar person, million dollar moves and you made your move, became in like a whirlwind and a conversation we were having the other day and it was like, Oh my God, this is what we're going to call the thing. So alchemy of advocacy. And it was this really cool thing that you said where we were, where, why we were live <laughs> in our conversation. 
now finger seven. Why we were live? Now. Um, nobody else is watching. Now you guys are. <laughs> but I was like, oh, alchemy of advocacy. How you were talking about? It, it was just like I just want to drink that juice. So could you load us up with that juice that you were talking about with the alchemy and advocacy and just like yeah, so I loved it. This is, this is like my life's work that finally has a framework that I can explain to some people in a beautiful way and it makes me so happy. And so for a second, I ask you to take your fingers off of your keyboard and just put your hands like this. This is the Dare Human Diamond and it has four archetypes. And these are the archetypes that I feel like after working with social entrepreneurs for decades, I feel like these are the components that it takes to really make a change in your life and in the world, what we call being a force for good in your life and a force for good in the world. And they are the alchemist is the archetype at the bottom, the bottom of the diamond. And the alchemist is she who knows herself, who can make magic, who understands the realm of possibility, who digs deep to have incredible interpersonal relationships and has practices personal mastery and self-mastery in a way that she doesn't un interrupt other people's flow because she knows herself so deeply. And this is the stance. When we can come from this place, we don't wobble that much. And when we do, it's kind of like, like I remember I used to wobble in the days before I was this person that I am, Suzanne 20.3. For those of you who do not know, I upgrade myself like software. I used to get hit and I would be down for a month or two and tried to take my life and had a really yeah. lot of bad stuff. So the reason I start with emotional intelligence and literally foundational levels of emotional intelligence is because this is the place from where we grow. And then the next archetype on this side of the diamond is called the artist. And when I talk about artistry, I'm not talking about like painters, though they're included. I'm talking about the innovators, the problem solvers, the crazy wackadoodle unicorns who are out there creating new solutions to things we didn't know, whether it's an Elon Musk inventing Tesla and SpaceX, or if it's you and me creating something that's going to help people rise. So I call this the true north process, really finding the authentic purpose of your life and then attuning to it. We do a six month period of time, you attune for six months, then we readjust, we recalibrate. And the idea is that you get to know the purpose driven roadmap that you live on, because living with purpose is my first, last, and middle name, right? And then this side of the architect is of the dare human diamond is what I call the accelerator. This is the one that has the most masculine energy of this whole thing because you can be in emotional intelligence and feminine energy. You can be in your artistry and your creativity and feminine energy. But if someone's not there to actually let the rubber hit the road, the car's not going anywhere. So in the accelerator, we learn how to get shit done, GSD as I call it and we learn how to make money. So do the money-making activities that are going to allow us to then step back into our feminine energy and be in the receiving of the money. And then the top of the diamond for the longest time in the dare human world was the activist, but I've recently renamed it to the advocate. And the reason I'm doing this is because in this crazy world that we're in right now, and with so many of us on here online, what I realize is that most of us aren't going to pick up a picket fence, picket, you know, sign and go out and start marching and doing all the things. But many of us can use our voice. Many of us can use our platform and we can pick one topic that's important to us, whatever the one is that's important to you. If it's the earth, if it's the whales, if it's, you know, making sure that 
kids have lunch at school, whatever the thing is that moves you to action, that is what I call being the change. And so that advocacy is what I love. And the big trick, I think, is moving from being the alchemist, the magic maker, straight to advocacy. Now, we give you a path to get there. We give you a path by helping you understand your artistry, your innovative problem-solving abilities, and we give you the tools that you can get shit done and make the money. But your choice is to go up and be an advocate. Most people stop at the accelerator, right? They're doing the getting shit done and they're making the money and occasionally they go rethink about their brand and their purpose and then occasionally they go back down and they do some emotional intelligence work. But most people don't finish the move what I call the lightning bolt up the dare human diamond to get to that place where they want to advocate for change. Mm. And that is what I would like to see is more women with mm. more money advocating for change in the world. Oh, I love that. I love the difference between an activist and an advocate. And I think it really shows, you know, when we are like an, an advocate is almost like, I would say that with the planet and the way that I live my life for the last five years in alignment with that, like living minimalist, living off the grid, doing all really extreme things, mostly because I used to watch David Attenborough. I, love him. I was like, Oh my God, this is so scary. <laughs> Isn't it? We, I watch it with my son before we go to bed some nights and he just is like, is like captivated by it. But, and I went and we sold our house and we only had like one bag and one pair of shoes and a caravan for five years on and off. And just quietly, like, cause I didn't like come and be like minimalism and all this, like I wasn't an activist. It's a really good way to put it because I think it's more of an advocate yeah. through my actions of my life. That's one example. And I think what I'm hearing from what you're saying as well with the activist versus an advocate through our accelerator like you said, the accelerator with getting stuff done, it gives us the ability to be an advocate versus having a picket, like a post and walking around and actually, you know, marching or whatever, whatever cause it is and taking the action because they don't have maybe the clout that we have or the, the audience that we have that we can like click mm -hmm. our fingers and reach so many people. They've got to use like real, like that manual, that manual labor to get the point across, which is great. But I guess with the accelerator that we do with getting our audiences like widened and reaching more people than we can actually have the luxury of almost like advocacy is yeah. like one post click out. It's almost like click our heels from the, you know, the energetic escrow that we've created, click our heels and make a difference. So I'd um, love to hear your vibe. On that. And I'm really going to talk about why people stop, why people stop at the, the accelerator. Why does their personal growth and their, their connection to the world stop? So they go from the alchemist to the artist to the accelerator and their purview of the world stays in that triangle. But I want to add this extra arm. And it's that extra arm that actually is going to change the world. If we can build the bridge between people, women particularly, but men as well, who are activated and care about the world and care about creating change and look at the systems and structures in society and say, it's not working for all people. The playing field is not at all flat. How are we going to possibly do this? And so tomorrow in that potentiality series, I'm going to be giving the clue away about why people stop and what we can do to change it. So I'm very excited about that. This brings me to also, I think if we look at, 
you know, we're like, we're just doing business. So we don't really need to talk about these other things or the things that we care about. And, you know, sometimes we are very passionate about might be something different to somebody else. But I think it really is perfect for us to talk about maybe the balloon conversation in regards to this. <laughs> so we have like, it's a special little, almost like an inside joke, but it's becoming quite mainstream, like widely known around our communities now around this balloon thing. And I think this is a perfect time for us to state where we sit with this. And this is something that was so interesting. So I don't use balloons because of the impact they have on the planet. And I've just quietly just not done it forever. I've never used it. So, you know, even with kids parties. So I've never done it, but never said I didn't do it. But it's just me quietly, my quiet activism that I just take an action and advocate, but then take an action and right. don't actually. And of course, I have mouths and I talk it. about it. And yes, exactly. And then, but the best thing is people pick up. And I used to think, I wonder if people do pick up on it. Like, I wonder if people are paying attention. Like, because I'm like, kind of like that quiet, that quiet one is like, it's pretty obvious. Like living in a van for five years is pretty much a statement of what you're doing. <laughs> but I never used balloons. And you picked up on it. And I picked up on a couple of other things as well. So I would love you to, I think it'll give people like, oh, I never knew that. Like, I didn't know balloons were so bad for the environment. And P.S., if you use balloons, I'm totally cool with you using balloons. It's all sovereign choice, but I just use, I just don't do it because it doesn't feel good. But maybe talk on that with the random deciding factors, especially where I'm doing things and living my life in alignment with my values that lined up with yours. And you're like, oh, okay, this is a deciding factor. And you said this, the balloons are kind of like a deciding Absolutely. factor. So I would love you to back it up a little bit. bit. I know you've got so much so to say on that. Yes, let's back As it a up. little bit of history, like I taught social entrepreneurship at Harvard University for a couple of years. This stuff is baked into who I am. Double bottom line businesses, triple bottom line businesses, corporate mm. responsibility, actually educating oneself to be aware of what is good and bad for humans and the planet. So for me, I live people, planet, profit. That is the order of my life. People, planet, profit. And I will always do things in that order. So this was midsummer last year, and a brand new report had just come out from one of the geological agencies about how helium was reaching critical lows in terms of its accessibility. Now, helium is a gas. It's one of the elemental gases, and you're going to get a little history or science lesson here, an elemental gas, and it I is non-renewable, meaning when we use up all the helium on the planet, it's going to take the Earth another 20 billion years to create some more helium for us. So helium is used not only for party balloons, which it's used for, but also in medical devices, in medical machinery, in the manufacturing process where they need really cold, clean rooms. So to me, when I find out that 10% of all helium in the world is used for parties, and helium is really tragically at low rates, and then you know the helium goes into balloons and those balloons end up in the stomach of whales and dolphins and other animals, it's really difficult for me to justify having a balloon in my life. And so I'm the kind of person who takes risks. And so I wrote a post about this. Now, a lot of people thought it was great and a lot of people were not that happy with me. And that's okay. I'm not everybody's taste and I know it. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like whiskey. I'm an acquired taste, right? And you have a taste for whiskey. I'm your gal. <laughs> but if you're more of a person who isn't interested in looking that deep, I might not be for you. And that's okay with me. I know that. 
as you and I have talked about, my niche is pretty niched. So what happened is I wrote this post and then it was exactly around the same time that I was looking for a new mentor and I'm watching Jana and she would just had your million dollar year. What month was that? May. Okay. So it just had happened. May. May 20. And I think I yeah, wrote this post in June, like June-ish. Yeah. Unrelated to you at all. But I'm watching you have your million dollar celebration. I'm watching you have your re-vows with your husband. Was it 18 years later? Something like that? Um, two years together. And so you had together. renewed yeah. your vows. And yeah. I'm watching you guys celebrate. Not a yeah. balloon in sight. You're carving coconuts to say you missed, you got your million dollars. And, yeah. you know, one could be really kind of negative about it and say, oh, she's just being her hippie John self and therefore she's carving a coconut. And all I'm thinking is like, some people print words on balloons and celebrate and John is taking a freaking coconut. And honestly, that was one of the deciding factors for me is I needed someone who could align with my values in a way. And it's, this is again, it, you said it best. If you choose to celebrate with balloons and do those kinds of things, it is your choice. We can still be friends. I will love you. I'll still happily coach you, but we might disagree about some things. And I'm really okay disagreeing with people about things as long as we do it with kindness and compassion. So when I found out, or I just observed, I should say, because I watch these things, that you're not a balloon celebrator and you're a coconut, cro mm -hmm. you know, carver. You know, when I carver, hit my first $40,000 month, my celebration was to take my closest girlfriends out for dinner and to donate money to buy 40,000 meals through Feeding America. Because in the United States, which is the richest country in the world, we have a terrible problem with hunger. And so if I can take my celebration and make it into something that it's anonymous, no one needs to know it was for me, but I know 40,000 people are going to get meals because of me being able to donate because of my success. Heck, I'll do that. 10 days to Sunday. I just think that, you know, us finding people who align with us matters a lot. And you can align in a lot of different ways. I'm a multi multimillionaire, and I am very happily a multimillionaire. And I'm also happy being a person who is impact first and income second. And that's okay for me. And so when I talk about the million dollar move, I also talk about the million people move. To me, if I can affect hundred women and each of them can have their 10,000 people that they affect. That's my million people. I, if that's my, that's mm -hmm. my million person move. I affect a hundred people. They affect hundreds of people and they affect hundreds of people. That's my million person move. And then the million dollar move goes with it. And you were my million person move and my million dollar move. My God, this is so interesting because something that shifted me, shifted for me. P.S. By the way, coconut carver now becomes a thing. Balloon celebrator or coconut carver? Which one are you? And it was a picnic on the beach. And I racked my brain for ages because I was like, How am I supposed to celebrate a million dollars if I'm not doing balloons? What else is there? I had I was like, Jana, get creative. Like literally, you're better than that. You can like you can get creative. You can come up with some creative ideas. And so we got one of those hired things that most people get for an engagement or a special occasion, an engagement or a baby announcement. I was like, dude. Since when can't we make business milestones just as yeah. exciting as a gender reveal, you know? Like, I'm, I'm like, so impressed, like, side note, so impressed by, because when I was pregnant 18 years ago, you had one baby shower, that was it. You weren't allowed to have baby showers for any of subsequent quiz kids. It was just, like, so frowned upon if you had another baby shower. Like, oh, <laughs> celebrate yourself, March. 
And I had this, <laughs> I had my baby shower. You have your one baby shower. You don't gender reveal. What is that? Second baby didn't have a baby shower because you don't. Third baby, because it was so far between the second and the third, it was six years. But my best friend held the baby shower for me. It was like, oh my God. And that was about the most celebration you would do. But then trend has happened over the last five years, like gender reveals. There's like, you have an engagement party, you have your wedding, you have the, some, there's what other things? Bridal they have 50 hour, million celebrations, party, weddings, babies, so bridal many. showers, head parties. Me and my husband went out together in the same town, all the girls, all the guys, and we just like partied and met up every now and then. It was just like, so weird. But we we're just like in one street, all of us, and we'd be like, hey, hey. Anyway, that's how we did it. But it just, I love this celebration of celebration, like more celebratory. So, I thought, you know, this picnic that most people are doing for a gender reveal or a engagement or anything like that, like, why not? It was the first one that they'd done for that. So you get to be creative. That's a side note. Where was I going with that? I was going with something. What were you talking about before I said that? Because now I've gone off on that tangent. I've got the, the other tangent that I was about to go on. We're balloons. A, we're healing we at? balloons, coconut. <laughs> uh, we're carving coconuts, choosing a mentor who aligns with your values. You were saying something. Uh, I was talking about yeah. the last piece the bridge between accelerator and and advocate i don't know did that help? it'll come back yeah, I've, I've totally lost it it'll come back somewhere i was going somewhere real freaking good too i went to the celebrating i had said i celebrate by buying food and for then that made you people. make the decision yeah and i think it's being really like it's really starting for us really starting to celebrate the way that we celebrate and making it into a big deal and i think that's the i think you know even right at the start of this call you were saying things that I've seen picked up in this whole thing is you were saying, see, we're getting nitty gritty. I'm just like, I'm already noticing something about its impact and income. It's being the ability to hold really big energies and big things at the same time as selling. So like you said, business as usual with an asterisk. So I think that might be something to give you a little bit of a like, give us a bit of a riff on is business as usual with an asterisk. Cause I feel like it's the ability to hold the two things. Um, actually, it's probably 20 things at the same time, but let's just go with two. <laughs> Impact and income and all the other things. I love it. Things um, perfect. Time. So this came but, yeah. about, I am very fortunate. I have a very broad, open, wide, and loud channel. And I came into my mastermind, which is called the Elevate Her. And I, it's a semi-private coaching container where I, we coach, we mastermind, and everybody supports each other. It's a beautiful container. And it was just after war was declared and invasions were happening. And I am not a person who's not going to talk about it. So of course, that morning, things happened in Ukraine. And I went live that morning, like, I'm not going to waste time. I know the history. I know the geopolitics. I know what's going on. I want people to understand. I've since been shadow banned on Facebook, which is a whole nother story. Oh, I see. You're getting so many. Well, as I told everybody, shadow banned and asked them to oil the algorithm for me, which was yeah. So I, oh, okay. I, um, Smart. I, I knew I was coming into this container and I was trying to think about how to answer the question that everybody had been asking me, which is like, should I keep my doors open? Should I be coaching? Should I be offering a class? I was about to launch a class. I was about to teach a class. I, what should I tell my clients? I have clients who live in Europe. Like, you know, people are coming at you with questions and I'm one of those people that people come to with questions, even if they're not a client of mine, because I just, I talk about topics that, you know, most polite people don't talk about. And so I was 
coming up with like, what did I want to say? And it came through for me that this is business as usual, but not usual. It's business as usual with an asterisk. And mm. the challenge that I gave the ladies of the elevator was to live in the asterisk. And the asterisk is consciousness about whatever's going on in your world or the world in terms of how it relates. So for instance, if I had an interview with a woman this morning for her podcast and I asked, I could tell by her accent, she was from a part of the world that sounded like it was either Russian or Ukrainian. And I said, can I ask where you're from? And she says, I'm half Russian, half Ukrainian. And I could see on her face how hard that was at that moment. Mm -hmm. And we took the time before we stepped into the interview for me to just hold that space for her. Whereas most people are too afraid to have those conversations. Well, when you live with business as usual in the asterisks, you actually get out of your own comfort zone and you take into account what's actually happening around you and you courageously address it with kindness and compassion. So she felt seen by me because she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that because I feel like there's racism against me right now for this half of me and not racism against for this half of me. And oh my gosh, my heart. So we had this very potent conversation and I wouldn't have been able mm. to have that if I was just conducting business as usual. But when you conduct business as usual in asterisks, you can start asking yourself, like if you're teaching an emotional intelligence course, you might want to say to your people you're teaching, like, okay, this is a rough time for emotional intelligence right now. Like, how do we hold a little level of detachment while what's happening in the world? Because getting so overwrought by your feelings about it is not helping you or the situation. So how do we work our emotional intelligence to remain yeah. slightly detached in a healthy way? so that we can actually be part of the solution or we can host conversations that are meaningful. So this has now become, of course, a thing in my world. Everybody's talking about business with an business as usual in asterisks. And what I say is like, this is inconvenient. Leading through times like this is mm -hmm. inconvenient. It's inconvenient to recycle. It's inconvenient to not have balloons. It's inconvenient to buy clothes where you care who manufactured them and what production practices were used and how their workers were treated. It's all inconvenient. But so is it in women in sub-Saharan mm -hmm. Africa who walk for five miles with a jug on their head to get water so that they can give clean water to their children. So how inconvenient is it for us? Mm -hmm. It's just inconvenient, that's all. And so that to be an inconvenient leader is to be able to lead holding these two things at the same time, that I can run my business and I can also hold my advocacy. And this is what it means to be business as usual with an asterisk. I love that so much. How did everybody feel with that? I felt that's really like it gives you and everyone way, everyone's way of responding versus reacting. And I think you can tell the ones that reacted because it's like either ignore or I'm an overnight expert. So you have already that like years of really understanding it and didn't come out being like, I'm an overnight expert. It's like you've got that background of knowing exactly what to do. But everybody's response can be different. The asterisk is like what to and how do I want to respond to this? My personal way that I responded is I woke up in the morning because I'd been watching it for a few months. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm good, good. And then I, I shook my husband. I'm like, well, I'm really happy. So I didn't come online like that because I was just like, I, I was just like, I'm just having a moment. And then my husband, I was like shaking him in the morning because I was just having my little moment. 
And I was like, well, what are you And he's like, what are you, what, what are you talking about? And then I, he came down. So I was like, I just had to get it out of my system because I had all these calls in the morning. And I was like, I need to get it out of my system. He's like, what are you talking about? Anyway, he gets up. I'm like, can't get up. I need to talk to you. And then he, anyway, he came downstairs and my mum was downstairs. And my mum said to him, he's like, she told you when the war was happening. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so I'd already been downstairs with my mum talking to her like, this happened. And she's like, it's 5 a.m. Mama. Can you just give me a second? I'm like, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Anyway, so that's how I reacted. And I allowed myself to react in that way. Because then when I came online, I was like, okay, I'm chilled for now. I'm chilled. I'm chilled now, and this is how I respond. Like, I'm not an overnight expert. I do understand I've got some, like, I, you know, I do my 2 p.m. think. I think at 2 p.m. I read things. I watch things. I research. I watch really hardcore stuff. I, my whole YouTube shows me the Ukraine situation or the C-word situation. Like, that's pretty much most of my YouTube. It's not very high vibe. It's, like, all of those things. And I do a 2 p.m. window where I'll, like, or sometimes 1 p.m., and I'll do a lot of it, and then I do it like I do a lot of research and then listening in and then seeing where it's best to disperse my money and what could I do? What could I do to advocate? And then I do like a cleansing yeah. night in the bath, like a density cleansing, like, Oh my God, I'm just like, oh, well done, dig. And then I like, I have my bath and everything. I'm like, okay. Whew. And I wake up the next day and it's like a whole new day in the morning. It's like, Whoa, what's happening? Post- I got my own little postcode over here. And then in the afternoon. So I segment it all. Can I can I but challenge yeah, you on I one was thing? Just before, like I don't know if I've ever challenged yeah. you like this before. Go for it. Challenge me. So let's go. One the other option that people <laughs> have: some become an overnight expert, some of them like react really poorly, some of them ignore, and some of them literally can't. They yeah. get so overwhelmed they can't handle it. And all of them, by the way, we're all human. We have our yeah. own levels of you know knowledge and and strengths around these things, and it's differing levels of of closeness to us. But also this. A lot of people yeah. say to me, I, I can't watch the news, it lowers my vibe. I can't follow current events, it lowers my vibe. Mm. Now, I know I was put on this earth to elevate humanity and the earth together, which means I need all those spiritual geniuses mm-hmm. to come down and put a toehold on the earth and elevate the earth with it. To me, paying mm-hmm. attention to this planet that you incarnated into as a human you didn't incarnate is it as a tomato or a ladder or a painting you incarnated in as a human which means that you're here to help with the elevation so i think paying attention to these things is the highest vibe thing you can do i really do i actually like that because i was actually thinking about i'm like why do i do this to myself like why do i do three to four hours and i've done that for the last two or three years because I, I think the journalist in me has always been investigative and reading for hours. And like my husband, when I talk to him, he's like, stop it. Oh my God. Like literally I can just like go on and on and on for like three hours, four hours. He's like, okay, I've had enough now. But I'm like, why do I actually do that? Why do I spend hours doing this? Is it like sabotage? And I've mm-hmm. always just, especially the last two years. So it's not like recent with this new kind of like interest and curiosity and like where like learning and all of those sorts of things. I think for me, becoming informed helps me to feel that high vibration because I know what's happening. And I can also, if I know what's happening, I can use the power of my subconscious mind to feel and see into what I would prefer to happen and see it happening. Because at first I was like, Oh my God, I'm like, okay, 
let's feel into what do I need to happen. And then I'm picturing and I'm visualizing and I'm donating it like for the, on the ground, but then, and then providing the 500 beds, which I was like, Oh my God, this feels so good to be a woman of wealth to be able to do this. But then also going, I know what I need to visualize now. I know that I need to visualize this before it gets to this point And then that point. So the higher vibration I've realized, like watching the news, because I don't watch the news. I wouldn't say it's watching the news. I think it's more like research and digging in and, and reading like ridiculous articles, like, you know, the scholarly articles and the studies and all the boring stuff. I don't know why I do it to myself. Watching like three hour boring as F podcast, just to really get like an insight. I'm just like, why do you do this? Why is three hours? Why are you watching this? You could do other things. But what I found happens to me by doing that, it feels informing, mm-hmm. like it feels like I know, and it feels like the highest vibration. Because I was thinking about this, because the highest vibration yes. on the planet is enlightenment. And then I realized, like, what I've been doing for the last two years, why have I had the best two years of my life while simultaneously spending about four to five, sometimes eight, on my genie day, like from morning to the night, like genie days spent research like not an idiot journalist yeah like fully yeah just like fully and just like consuming and then everyone around me is like I can't listen to it anymore Jonah shut up I'm like well sorry just hold hold out I just I gotta say some things being that friend but I've noticed that it's the enlightenment it's actually the the highest vibration that but it's doing it not programmed so I don't go TV I don't do that I feel like that's just it's just feeding me what they whatever narrative they want to spin it's me going and seeking and enlightening myself and finding in the cracks and the crevices that feels like the highest vibration of love for myself and figuring out what's going on and enlightenment of understanding what's happening behind the scenes and then yeah so I think as much as it does appear to be a high, low vibration and still I will do the density clearings and the light language clearings afterwards but it's not without being enlightened so I know what to do so that I'm not just throwing money at charities that are just like funneling money over there or this way. Like I know where I'm putting my money and what I'm doing with it. And I'm also, also not segregating. Go Like yesterday on Facebook, a friend had said, I'm setting up a donation. I'm like, but what about all the other people? This is, I don't want to be just because you've got friends online that this person gets help. I want everybody to be helped. I'm not just because you've got mm-hmm. connections, that person gets help when there is another person down the road that doesn't know anybody on Facebook, she's not going to get that help. So I like to do in places that will disperse. But anyway, that's a, that's a rant for another day. But yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think it's hashtag challenge accepted. It, I love it. Looking at the news. Well, you know, it's interesting. Challenge accepted. I it's did like, something crazy after life. Donald Trump was elected yeah, in 2016. I was uh, CEO of a diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting firm at the time. And now the business owner that I worked for, her name is Verne Myers, and she is now the VP of inclusion strategy at Netflix. She's been one of my best friends forever. She asked me to come in and sort of bump up her company. I ended up becoming her CEO. We grew the company expansively. And at the time, Donald Trump was elected and we're running this virtual company We had black and brown and LGBTQ folks working for us all over the United States. And I had to come in the next day and figure out how am I going to keep this team motivated? My job as a CEO is to keep people engaged and activated about their work. And all of a sudden we have this person coming in and and denigrating every group that we work with. 
And what I realized at the time was I was this mm. white, Ivy League educated Jewish CEO of a diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting firm. And I knew nothing about white rural people in my own country. And like you, I am an investigator. I'm a one three in human design. I'm researching, experimenting all the time. So what did I do? I called the business owner and I said, hey, do you mind? I, I've, I've got this feeling like the, I need to do something about this. Do you mind if I go visit some red states? I really need to be taking this on. And so she's like, that's a great idea. So because I'm me, I crowdfunded $45,000, hired a film crew, and I went to the reddest county in the reddest state in all of the United States. And I embedded there for three and a half years, ended up leaving my CEO job. Because for me, it's the information that helped me get to launching Dare Human. And the reason that we're here today is because I went and spent time with people who are completely oppositional to most of my thinking in life. And it is that openness to being open to everything and attached to nothing that I can actually find a place to innovate and to create in a way that sits in that artist archetype that we talked about and allows me to be the kind of person who I want to be when I show up. And I have, I have interesting, meaningful things to say most of the time, you know, because well, I mean, I'm All an idiot the, the other half of the time. Idiot, yeah. That's what I was like. You I mean, I am. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like everybody else. I have my like goofy side, and it comes out for sure. But you know, when I'm doing something like that, it's like, okay, what's it like to like roll up your sleeves and go hang out in rural America as an entrepreneur who wants to like? Can we just help you replace your manufacturing plant that went away because nobody uses virgin paper anymore? And they're like rather go to church and pray that God bring them a manufacturing plant. And I'm like offering to help bring a manufacturing plant to their community. Whew, complete miss. So it's fascinating when you actually do the work and you actually engage in learning the information, challenging yourself to get to that higher vibration of knowing that you can become informed and you can make different decisions. Enlightenment. I think that's going to be a thing like it's, it's that enlightenment of becoming aware and becoming enlightened, bringing into light. And I think the best way to do that is to do it like we do, is investigate and go down all the different avenues. And you might have a completely different view to somebody else, but that doesn't mean that you can, you disagree. It, like, it doesn't even mean that you can, you don't like each other. But you, I think if you truly are an advocate, I think the best thing is to understand the opposite of understanding, like, the opposite of what you believe is like, I like really understand, like, okay, like I really want to know like how you feel, like where did you come from that versus going, this is how it is. This is that's if you truly are an advocate, yeah. it's not an ego trip. It's like, if you're truly an advocate is you're like, I want to get to the bottom to it. Cause like exactly. preaching to the choir, what is that going to do? But preaching to like the, like really connecting with and penetrating the people that are thinking something opposite that's where you can have the most different and that is where your artistry comes in because that requires like it's easy to just go you know what f is all you don't know what is up you probably need to get your yeah. life together and wake up or we can just be like the artistry is like how do i connect with these people when i just want to tell you they're like oh my god would you stop using balloons healing's gonna run out you're mm -hmm. driving me crazy would you stop it so or it's like Ooh, feeling into it and go, okay, how do I connect? How can I make this motivating, inspiring, exciting, and something that maybe they want to try or maybe, and it's just one person or two people or three people. And it's, that's the artistry, I feel like it. And like we said before, I think this is the alchemy of the advocacy is 
the advocacy is enlightenment, like having these conversations, listening to these conversations, bringing it to light, thinking about it, thinking outside of the box of what you're usually thinking about. And it's a form of enlightenment, which is the highest vibration. So I think it's just really just habit that we call it lower vibration, the news, because it is like the news is low vibration because it's not actually enlightenment. It's programming. It's just telling you what we think and that's what you shall think versus investigating and going and finding your own sources and wherever you can find them and, and reading and, and putting in the time and the hours, that's enlightenment. So you're becoming aware without, yeah, the lower viewing advice probably is from the news and that's why we've got in the habit of not, I just don't want to look at it because the way that the news delivers it, that's actually what they feed off is they feed off fear and they have to do it that way because otherwise they get no views. It's not blood. What is it? What's that saying that they said they taught me in journalism school? If it's not blood, something or something then it's not news <laughs> like it's got you know what i do every day that or otherwise oh, i want to yeah. do two quick things one every morning do? when i wake up i ask my phone to play me the news from cnn npr and fox news every morning first thing i do after i meditate because i want to hear how they're all telling the stories right because it's somewhere in the intersection mm. that you can start find the reality, right? Yeah. And so when I report the news, one of the things I've been doing for the past year is a program called ITK in the know. I've done it. We did 49 mm -hmm. sessions of it so far where I come in and I research what's going on in current events and I bring as unbiased a view of it as I can. And then when I have an opinion I want to share, I'll say, by the way, this is about to be a Suzanne opinion. Now, because we've been banned in so much, we're actually moving to YouTube with Jonna's help because Jonna's amazing at the YouTube. And we're gonna be launching a, a new show called The Rise of the Untamed Fox, which is really about the methodology of what happens when you start to untame yourself from the, I just wanna peace out and have everybody get along and can't we just do this? And I'll just an example of that is after I was in Alabama on and off for a few months, I was like, I can't do this alone. So I started bringing people from Alabama to Boston and people from Boston to Alabama to get people to learn to walk in each other's shoes. And we started filming these adult exchange programs. Like what would happen if we bring these groups of people together? Can they find commonality? And the thing is, if we don't do the experiments, we actually don't know. And so we need people to step up and maybe you're not going to be as crazy as I am and fly people around the country and make a movie about it, but you can do it your own way. And that's what advocacy is. Oh, this is so juicy. I love it so much. I can't believe we've been talking an hour. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fully. I was like, whoa. Okay. So what would be your final thing that you want to leave us with? And I would just encourage you, like, usually people say, oh, go and follow them. I would actually say go and find a post of Suzanne's that resonates with you deeply and show them that you've been there because it's kind of like when you see – somebody singing a song and you clap it's just it's the same sort of thing it's, it gives you that energy of like okay this is landing with someone because sometimes the things that impact us the most we're thinking about and we don't actually comment under them so that would be my request for you guys if you've got any anything can receive any vibration from this go and find Suzanne's post that really resonates with you and just let her know you've been it just it means the world to us when you do that so thank you so much that's what i would invite you to do but what would you like to leave us you know somebody you? asked me this this morning it's so good like if i could leave the world with one word one one sentence what would i do and i say this from the deepest part of my knowing and that is the world needs us it needs you it needs me now that doesn't mean it needs to be heavy 
but it needs us to stop being complacent because we all have heard the news about how the planet has, if we don't stop climate crisis by 2025, the following things will happen. Now they've pushed it out to 2030, the following thing. This is a dangerous time for humanity on earth. And what I know is that if humanity ends, mother earth is gonna be fine. She's gonna rebuild herself. It might take a couple billion years, but she doesn't care. But if we want this world to work for us, we want it to work for women to have power and money, but not rebuild the male patriarchy by putting a couple women at the top instead of just a couple of men. That's not change. Change is flattening the hierarchy so that people have more opportunity and are more equal. So what I hope for us and for each of you is to think about how can you serve the world? It doesn't have to be huge. It can be in your local kids organization or your local parent-teacher organization, or it can be volunteering at polling places. or Whatever the thing is that you care about when you go to sleep at night and you're like, Oh, I wish this one thing could be better in the world. Think about how you can give back. And that would be my request. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a beautiful <sighs> drinking the juice. All of the love juice. Invite. Thank you so much. I loved all the things that you said about your million dollar moves and all of the things. It's been amazing.